0: Pastor Armin, welcome back, sir. Thanks, Tony. (laughs) I thought sure he was going to relate that somehow to the traveling in the wilderness for forty years and the passage. You fooled me. Good morning. Good to see you here this morning. It's good to be with you. Um, we uh, prayed our way from uh, Lancaster to here through the rain today. Uh, actually, we prayed that the Lord would move the heavy rain away, and he did that, which was really nice to do that. Uh, after I leave, the rain will come back. I just want to warn you about that ahead of time. Would you pray with me, please? Bless us, O Lord, and guide us by your word and by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I want us to look at this this adventure that the people of Israel are on and has been on for 40 years. Uh, Joshua is about to succeed Moses as what we might call the CEO of these people or, or some sort of a... Um, president kind of person Uh, he was called by God to spend time with Moses and he was Moses' right hand man for all the time in the wilderness and now it's his turn to take over leadership to get an idea of what this experience was like for Joshua and the Israelites at this moment We need to go back 40 years. In fact, it was almost exactly 40 years to the day when the first Passover took place. It was on the same day, the 10th day of the first month of the Hebrew calendar, that the sacrifice lamb was chosen by the Hebrew people That the blood of it could be painted on the doorposts and the lintels of their homes so that when the angel of death, the tenth plague brought upon Egypt, would come through the area, those with the blood on the doorposts of death and the lintels would be spared and the angel of death would pass over those houses designated by God for that purpose after they had left Egypt in a rush not having time to prepare their food on the way and they came to the edge of the promised land at a place called Kadesh Barnea the Lord gave instructions through Moses that the people should go out and check out this land he called it the land flowing with milk and honey which I will give to you To see what was there. And so one representative from each of the 12 tribes went into that area to see what was going on. 10 of the 12 came back with a majority report saying, there's no way we are going to be able to defeat these people. Two came in with a minority report. And that report said, yes, we can do it because God said he will provide it for us. Report. The people adopted the majority report, which made God angry. And he said, all of you who are 20 years, that's the age of a warrior or older, those of you who are 20 years old and older will not enter the promised land. You doubted me, you doubted my goodness, you doubted my power, you doubted my concern and my purpose and plan for you, you will not make it into the promised land. And so it began 40 years of wandering, during which time God took care of their needs along the way. But 40 years later, on that celebration of Passover, God gave them. Joshua instructions for leading the people across the Jordan into the promised land. During those 40 years, and by the way, if you are a preacher or a teacher, here's a good sermon outline. During during those 40 years, God provided his presence, his promises, his preparation, and his protection.
1: John, you can write that down
0: next time you preach. You already have it in your head. Okay. And so here we are. The time is right. It was the time that God predicted he would do this. In fact, he said to the people through Moses, you tell the people that we're going to have them wander 40 years, one year for each of the days those ten spies denied that I could take this land and give it to them as my grace gift. It's now 40 years later. Here they are. Joshua is ready to lead. The citizens of Jericho are ready to lose. You find in chapter 2 of Joshua that when two spies, please note that Joshua knew two was all that was needed, because only two came back with, with the right report 40 years earlier. Two spies were sent in and speaking to a woman of ill repute named Rehab, uh, they got instructions for the best way to take care of entering uh, the city of Jericho in a few days. And now, the word going throughout Jericho, because they know that Israel has gathered on the other side of the Jordan. We're going to lose. They're going to beat us. We've seen what God has done for them over these last 40 years. And now God has prepared them to lose. So Joshua's ready to lead. The citizens of Jericho are prepared to lose. And Israel is now at a point where all the people who had faith and trust, were the only ones left to cross the Jordan. All the rest had died, except for Joshua and Caleb. And you know all this, but I thought just in case there were one or two that didn't, I should review it for you. So here we come. There is a plan. This is first point. There is a plan. God has made a plan. Interestingly enough, it's the same plan he had 40 years earlier. The plan is cross the Jordan, enter the promised land, and drive out the wanderings, and drive out the inhabitants who will be displaced and dispersed while the people of Israel take over the land and the nation, the land flowing with milk and honey. If you go back, In Exodus, you will find the same plan without the nuisance of having to work out how to cross the Jordan. They were just going straight in and taking over the land by the power of God and by the grace of God. And so the instructions then Joshua gives the people are this We are going to cross the Jordan in three days. I want you to spend some time and prepare to cross the Jordan. How are they going to do that? What are they going to do during those three days? Simple. They're going to spend time thinking. what He's talking to one another about what God has done and what he's going to do next. They're going to talk about whether this is a good thing to do or not. At least that's what I would do. If God told me, we're going to cross this river and it's, at the highest point that it ever is. The water overflows the banks. But God said, when the priests and the Ark of the Covenant enter the waters, the waters will be stopped upstream. The waters will be stopped. I don't know how he did that. Cause if you stop the water upstream, it's gonna flow around some other place and come down the hill anyway. Well, God worked it out somehow. There are a lot of things I don't understand in the Bible after all these years of studying it. It doesn't mean it's not true. It's just that I'm too dumb to understand some of these things. Maybe any of you in that ballpark with me. We had time to think, God's doing a new thing. They had time to pray. These inhabitants of the land are not going to be happy about us coming in to what he calls our promised land. But they will be impressed with how God brought us here. They had time to pray. They had time to talk to one another. And as I said, they had time to question whether this was really God or not. Sometimes we we are told what God wants us to do. And we begin to doubt that we really heard from God. Sometimes it's because we don't really think we're worth the gracious gift of God. Sometimes it's out of fear that we may be wrong. Sometimes it's out of fear that we may be right. When I was pastor here some years ago, many years ago, three sanctuaries ago, when I looked something like that picture you saw, there was a couple that uh, had just committed their lives to the Lord and they were talking about maybe we should get married. And so they prayed about it and they prayed about it and this went on for a year or two and for the umpteenth meeting with me in my office about whether they should get married, I said to them, please go in the church, please get married. You're the only two people in the church that don't know for sure that they should be getting married. And I'm happy to report they got married, had a long marriage together but sometimes we're, we're afraid we'll, we'll get it wrong, and so we hesitate. And there are all these thoughts going through the minds of the Israelites as they're, they're encamped for three days, wandering, and maybe getting comfortable. It's sort of nice here. Can we just stay here? To make sure this is what God wants us to do? Oh, no. God knew they would question it, and that's why he said to Joshua, you tell them, we're leaving in three days, so get yourself ready. They had experienced for 40 years the supernatural character of God. They had experienced God providing for them in so many different ways. And now it's time to receive from God what he had promised them so many years ago. The plan is simple. Follow the priest. He is carrying the ark. The ark is the symbolic presence of God in their midst. It will go ahead of you. Follow the priest. But don't follow too closely. 2,000 cubits behind, why would those instructions be given? Well, one practical reason that they had these crowds of people that got too close to the ark and they touched the ark, they'd die. 40 years wandering down the drain. I think another reason, and I actually figured this out in my mathematical mind, 2,000 cubits, when you're a half a mile a mile, When you're a half a mile away from the Jordan, you can't see what's going on in the Jordan. And if they started walking, when it was time to walk a half a mile further back, there there comes this situation where they say, I don't hear any moaning or screaming or gurgling of people falling into the water that God said he would hold back. So I guess maybe it's safe to follow on. And so they did. They also must have been thinking, you know what happened the last time we doubted that God could do this? All those people died, and we are not ready to do that. Symbolic of the present. Priests carry the Ark of the Covenant, symbolic of the presence of God before them. And please note the simple instructions. It is when the priests put their feet in the edge of the water of the Jordan that the water will stop flowing. And then, I think this is God just showing off. He says he will cross on dry land. Really? Have you ever walked across even a small river and all the ooey-gooey yucks in the bottom that is there? God made the passage easy for them. And it's almost as if God said, I not only can stop the waters, I can run my hair dryer over the river and the people will cross on dry land. Well, they show off, because he can, he also said he can, don't get, he also said, and we can learn from this, don't get ahead of the ark, let God lead the way. Sometimes we think we know what God wants us to do and then we rush ahead to make it happen. Uh, I, I can do it for God instead of waiting for God to lead the way and show us how to get there. So, the plan's simple. Cross the Jordan. Have the priest lead the way. And be Amazed. Please note it wasn't until the priests actually put their feet in the water that the water stopped. I'm trying to de- decide how to show it to you this. Here, let me show you something. A camera, follow. <clears throat> Do you mind if I move your chair? No. Do you mind if I move the... This is a chair that's designed for people to sit in. I know it'll hold me because it held Tony. That's That's payback. That's payback. (laughs) Am I sitting in the chair yet? No. Do you think it'll hold me? Yes. Yeah. You really believe this? Yeah, no. Don't, you, don't think, you don't think it's going to hold me? Well, a good chair. It held me. When I was here in this position, I believed this chair would hold me, but I didn't know the chair would hold me until this point. I'll move the chair back later on. Okay. We're talking about trusting God and it took a lot of faith to trust him to hold back umpteen gallons of water that are flowing at high tide down the Jordan Riverbed. The people believed that God could get them across the Jordan. I'm sure they were thinking about other options for crossing the Jordan. But they followed the instructions of God. They trusted him. And they obeyed him. But they didn't know God would do this until they actually put their feet in the water or walked across on dry land. Let me give you a simple definition of faith, trust. First of all, people accuse us Christians of having blind faith, taking actions with no good reason for it. That's not what good Christians do. Faith is an action word. I think that might be on the screen soon. What oh, is an action word? Faith is an action word. It is what we do based on what we believe about the information we have received. Faith is an action word. It's what we do based on what we believe about the information we received. We had information about this chair. We believed it would hold me if I sat on it. We didn't know it would hold me until I sat on it. How many of us now know that that chair will hold me? You're all wrong. You don't know that chair will hold me. I know the chair will hold me. Have you sat on that chair? If you have, then you also know the chair will hold you. And the key to faith is when we do and act in such a way based upon what we believe about the information we received. And once we act on it, then we have personal knowledge. This is what the Israelites needed. They had to have personal knowledge to continue on. Because this obstacle of the Jordan River was a big one. But there was a bigger obstacle coming up after that. And that was the city of Jericho and the walls that were around it. And once they completed God's instructions, and won out over the city of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down, they had more obstacles, more citizens of other nations that they had to defeat in order to capture and claim that this promised land was promised to them by God himself. And he made it possible. Now, let me just suggest that you and I we need to go something similar to that in our everyday life. We get information all the time from all kinds of different sources. And some of it we believe and some of it we don't believe. And the things that we believe, we need to take action if we sense it's what is telling us to do. And once we take action, we will discover that by an act of faith, we will get personal knowledge. Are you with me so far? I'm feeling like I'm wandering around here and you, I think you're feeling the same thing. <laughs> Some years ago, I was interim pastor of a church. And I had been there for a few months and I wanted to preach a message on faith. And so I tried an experiment. I'm not going to try it here. I'll just tell you what happened. Most of you don't know me well enough to trust me, okay? I said, do I have a volunteer from the congregation to try a little test? And one young man, well, a whole bunch of them raised their hands, I called up one young man and let's say his name was Roger. And Roger came up, and I said to Roger, Roger, you know me, don't you? And Roger said, Roger, do you think I care that you're safe and taken care of? Roger, do you trust me? Roger, I want you to stand with your back to me. Please. Okay. Roger, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to fall backward, and I'll catch you. And then I said, do I have any other volunteers? (laughs) Hands went up, I asked another young boy to come up. He, He stood in front of me. I asked him all the same questions, I asked Roger. And when it came to the challenge, I want you to close your eyes and fall backward and I will catch you. And he did. He fell backward. And I did, I caught him. And then Roger said, Ooh, 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 could I do it? And then Roger followed the example of the second little boy. Until that point, they both said they trusted me. Only the second little boy actually knew I could be trusted. And then he became an evangelist. Because his actions caused this little boy to say, ooh, I like doing that. Can I do that too? And the second little boy won the first boy as a convert to trusting Pastor Weller. you with me? There are things that you think you know what God now, that you think you know what God wants you to do, you might be a little fearful of actually taking the step. Counsel from fellow Christians who have faith is very helpful. Praying about it and listening to God is very helpful. But actually taking the step, the act of faith, is the only thing that will bring you to the point. Where you will know personally that God was working in your life, and sometimes He asks us outrageous things, and sometimes He asks us to do interesting, simple things. I'm debating whether I should share this with you or not, and I uh, and uh, I'm I'm being. Bold and saying, yes, okay, I'll do it. When we were in the sanctuary in the old church, in the old sanctuary in the old church, the only way on the day of a wedding for the bride to walk down the center aisle was to go outside the church building and walk around the back, enter the vestibule, and walk down the center aisle from the back. The problem with that is, if you had bad weather, it could be a real problem for the bride and her ladies to walk maybe through the rain and still look nice when you walk down the center aisle. And I prayed about this. I said, Lord, I'm concerned about this. And then the Lord spoke to me. It wasn't an audible voice, but I, I knew it was coming. He said, I promise you that while you were the pastor of this church, that's not because I was a pastor. It's because I was the one he was talking to. It will never rain on a wedding. Ever. Thank you. And I decided to get really bold. And from then on, whenever I had a wedding, I would announce to the bride and the groom, I just want you to know, you don't have to worry about the weather. On your wedding day because God told me it will not rain on the day of your wedding and for the next three or four years that's what happened and then we built the next sanctuary and you know in the next sanctuary you don't need to walk outside to walk down the center aisle so they don't have to worry about that but God wanted everyone to know that the good weather was because he was taking care of it. And so he spoke to me and said, you tell the bride, her name was Patty, you tell the bride that that on her wedding day to get ready because it is going to be a deluge. It is going to pour and pour and pour because I want these people to know that the good weather was because of me. It wasn't by chance. It was by God. Now, you have a lot of faith or be as dumb as I was to actually go through that. But God was faithful and took care of that. Sometimes God tells us really strange things. But the more we trust him. The more we trust them, the more we trust them. Those people crossing the Jordan, after the first few hundreds or thousands went across the Jordan, all those people who were following behind had so much faith because they were influenced by the example and the trust and the faith of those people who crossed the Jordan before them. And I'm, I'm, I imagine, cameraman, watch this, that was sort of like this. The first people going across the Jordan went like this. And the next group came by. And then the last group came by because they had the most faith. Because they saw hundreds of thousands cross before them. The more we trust the Lord, the more trust we will have in Him. And the more we will build up the trust of people who see us trusting the Lord. It's a thing that we do together. You have influenced the lives of people that you don't even know you influenced. There are people who have influenced you. And you would say, if she or he hadn't done this, I never would have been. This trusting of God. But we have to do it together. We're individuals, but we have to do it together. This congregation is a bunch of individuals, but you have one body of believers here, and you have to do it together. I remember when we were debating whether or not to build that sanctuary, the first one. And there was, as always will be in every church, there were people who agreed to it and people who didn't agree to it. And there was one family, the last name was Shoal. Some of them are still part of this church. Others have gone on to be with the Lord. And when the vote took place to build a new sanctuary, they were un- ultimately opposed to the whole idea and were very verbal about it. But when the vote took place, that family, the Shawls, voted against a new sanctuary with just a handful of others, but the vast majority of people said, yes, we should build a sanctuary. I was concerned what would happen next. I need not worry. Because when we dismissed the congregational meeting, the head of the Shoal family came up and spoke to me. He says, you know, we aren't in favor of this. Yes, that was very obvious. But he says, we're part of the congregation. And if any of you know the Shoal family, they they have a business or had a business where they operated heavy earth-moving equipment. And he said, we don't agree with this, but we're part of this church. And we want you to know that when the plants come in, we will provide, at our own expense, all the earth-moving work that needs to be done for a foundation and all the surrounding area. It is our gift because this is our church that allowed the congregation to move ahead together. We're individuals, but we individuals are members of the body of Christ. And we have to follow the head of Jesus Christ himself. The Lord is speaking to you, I think, and saying it's time to move on, time to move out, time to do the next thing you have in mind for you as a congregation, and he wants you to do it together. You need to trust him, just as I need to trust him in my life. And he will only do things that will bring honor to him and blessings to you. Faith is something you do based upon what you believe about the information you've received. Share with one another all the information you can about how God has been working in your life. In so doing, build up the faith of one another. And expect that when he asks you to do something as a congregation, you'll do it together. And you will be blessed and God will receive the glory. Let's pray. Lord God, we, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your plan for us as individuals and as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. We ask, Lord, that you will help us to hear from you clearly. We look forward to the challenges you have for us as a body of believers and as individuals. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to step out in faith so that we may know even more than we know now personally that you are with us, that you're leading the way, that you're ahead of us, you're alongside of us, and that you're behind us cleaning up our mistakes. And we commit ourselves, Lord, not only to obedience, but to giving the glory to you. And we pray this in the name of our glorious, faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.